Hi, everybody. Hello, everyone. It's us, Peekaboo. It's Dave the two half squads. It's Dave and Jeff, not Jeff and Dave. I think it's, well, someone said that Jeff and Dave did roll better on the tongue. So Really? Did they say? He, one of them did. Jeff and Dave, Dave and leaning. Jeff. I like Dave and I Jeff. I think it's better, whatever I you think. get used to. Yeah. But it, well, I guess that reminds us of the contest. Yes. That which announcement is... come first thing then. Yeah. Do April 1st. April 1st? Oh, yeah. April Pool's 1st. Day. Yeah. To win the Arnhem game by critical hit. Yes. Just send us an email with Dave and Jeff or Jeff and Dave in the title. But if it's Dave and Jeff, you it's get a, you twice. Get a, yeah, you get a double entry. Double entry. Yep. It's just and like Chicago politics. And that contest will end uh, April 1st. So yes. you have until that day. And we got quite a few coming in. Yeah, and we do have a lot coming in. And more prizes coming in the future. We do. Indeed. And we'd like to uh, urge everybody to participate, but we can only have one winner per year. Uh, <laughs> one? No. One family, one household per year can win. So if they won? So if they've won in the last year, you can't win again. Oh, did we say that last time? No, I'm just making that up now. <laughs> it's all off the cuff. But wouldn't that be just typical that we would just get that lucky? Because we know how the dice roll. It, someone could win twice, Yeah, I it is possible. And if you're overseas, you will have to pay your shipping if it's too much. Yes. Overseas or uh, covering Canada? Anywhere outside yeah, of the 48 Canada continuous. Canada can, can stick you too, man. Yeah, they can. They can. 20 yeah. bucks, I think. I remember yeah. sending some minis up there when I was doing that on eBay. Yeah. But anyway, we'll deal we'll with see. it. We'll let you know if you're willing to pitch in. Yes. So here we are. Well, Once again, Jeff, episode. How, uh, it is 218. Wow. Yeah. And today is March 11th, 12th. Yes. 2019. Yes, 2019. Which means uh, we have not gotten our red barricades, red, what's the new one called that's combining both those games together? Uh, right. Red factories? Red factories. Yet, yes. MMP, remember, send one on out. Yes, you please. Get it reviewed for free on the show. We're standing here with our arms out, our hands out. So send us that free copy. Please. You should. And I saw that uh, also... Coming up, I think it's available on pre-order now, is the Starter Kit 4? For Japanese. Yes. The Pacific Theater. So that's kind of cool. I bet people have been waiting for that a long time. That'll fly off the shelf. We we hope one flies here. Indeed. Jeff, maybe you would prefer Starter Kit. Yeah, I might go back to Starter Kit for a while. I don't know. I haven't played Starter Kit in a long time. It's less complicated. Yes, it is. That's why they call it the starter kit. I might wait for the starter starter kit. Yeah, so... How was Gary Con? Gary Con was great. A new adventure for us. Now, we should have been at... I forget which ASL tournament was the same weekend. On Twitter, we encouraged people to go, and a lot responded. That they were listening to us while they were driving. I have to check the Twitter yeah, thing. Yeah, but right. I guess people can check it on their own if they're on Twitter. Um, instead, we did a one-day excursion, first time ever. Gary Khan, what is Gary Khan? Gary Khan is 
takes place in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, which is where the first Gen Con took place. That's where the name came from. And it is in memoriam, sort of, of Gary Gygax and uh, role-playing games. So it's basically a role-playing game convention held in Lake Geneva every year. I think this is the eighth year or something like, eight or ninth year. And it's growing to be, well, maybe it's more than that. Anyway, it's growing to be kind of a big convention. I think they had a couple thousand attendees, I would say, uh, over the course of a couple of days, which is kind of big. So yeah, Dave and I decided to drive up. It's only 40 miles from here. We figured it was... Quick drive. Yeah. It was like banter for an hour and we were there. Yeah, (laughs) yes. Yeah, we parked and the hotel that it's in used to be the Playboy Club. Can we say that on the air? I think we can. For those of you that remember those days, beautiful hotel. They have an airport attached there, great golf course. Of course, we went, and it was in March, so it was very cold and very windy. But that does not keep role players from showing up. And there were many there. And we had a good time. Walked around. We didn't really play any games. You know, a lot of these, uh, you go to a lot of these gaming conventions, and the games go a long time. They're five hours, six hours. Some of those sessions were even longer than that. And since we were just there for the day, we sort of just went in and strolled about looking at merchandise and spying on games. Having a nice buffet lunch. Yes. Yes. I'll take Laura there for our anniversary celebration. It's a very nice hotel. I think. That's at the Grand Geneva Hotel. Oh, (laughs) we need to put that up on the table, sir. And I checked our Twitter feed. Uh, Actually, March Madness is the 15th and 17th. So when this show airs, it will be just be over. Man, I have to get this show up quick, don't I? The 15th. Uh, Yeah, 15th is Friday. Might be a little bit off. Um, And people going, Grumble Jones said he's listening to the two half squads while he's driving to Kansas City. Mark Sockwell says he's going up there. So all you guys have a good time. Are they on their way already? Wow, they're <laughs> no, really I thought they ahead. were. Oh, okay. we, had, we had mentioned, uh, yeah, I thought it was the same weekend, but it was not. Okay. So hope that's going great for y'all. And why am I saying y'all? I don't know. Is it because of Lent? Maybe Oklahoma. We're doing the Oklahoma. Ah, getting at, to know version. At the uh, school. At my school. And you are the director. So. I can just see you walking around with those, uh, oh, what do they call those? pants with the like Patton used to <laughs> pantaloonies. wear pantaloonies yeah jodhpurs walking around with jodhpurs with uh with <laughs> boots on and holding the big horn <laughs> announcing stuff quiet on the set you know i have a big chair like that a cloth a chair. director's it says chair? director on it Does they it? gave kids got it for me one year oh. that was great they gave me that oscar that looks like an oscar do i have that at school or at home no i have that at home I gave you an Oscar that looks like an Oscar. That was the Dungeon Mastering Oscar yeah. mm-hmm. that you and Robbie made. Yeah. Yeah. But the so you've got this big chair now. When you retire, which is coming right up, do you get to take the chair? Uh Oh, yeah. It's my personal chair. Uh, I already brought it home. Oh, you did? Yep. I haven't sat in it much. I'm trying to lose some weight before I sit in it. <laughs> I'm not laughing. I'm just worried. Yeah. Too something. Is so, it, it's a lightweight chair, well, apparently. Well, I think it'll hold me. I just haven't really used it. Yeah. So, so look, Laura's going to like the way you look in that chair. Probably. With your feet up 
and it is tall. the horn out and you're going to be ordering sandwiches and stuff from her. <laughs> See how effective that is. So is the play uh, preparation for the play going well? It is. Uh, do you, you know, it's amazing some of these shows when you do them in a modern sense and sensibility mm. mm-hmm. that what stands out. So I'm just a girl who can't say no. Ah, yeah. Now think about that in the Me Too era. Yeah. It's interesting. Things they cut in the version. Well, it's a small, shorter version anyway. They're doing it these different designs for middle. eighth graders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're called "Getting to Know the Whatever Show," Oklahoma. And so they cut out the songs are like half the length of the mm. full ones, and whole parts are gone. But in the play, he kisses the peddler man, kisses the girl up the arm and down the other arm, and so. You know, and I'll, I'll show you in Oklahoma. Hello, uh, and it's this big kiss, and uh, so you know, you know, kids got to change that a little bit for kids. Judd does not fall on his own knife and die. Oh no! This, no, he gets punched and he goes away. He just disappears. He, he just, he just rolls he off the stage or something. And he decides he pit. decides he lost the fight with Curly oh. and he, he leaves. Dang. I'm like, come on, you can have the guy fall on his knife and die in the middle school play, I yeah, would think. Yeah, I would think so. I don't know. But it's not your decision? Uh, well, you're not allowed to change anything oh, in I see. the shows when you sign the contracts. And I try to stay along with that as best, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but the whole thing about the peddler man trying to yeah. woo the farmer's daughter yeah. and he's up to no good and mm-hmm. you know it played funny it's got well kind of like uh there ain't nothing like a dame i think we talked about that before on air, didn't we now, did they change the lyrics for that well that song's in the in south pacific yeah yeah and i don't know about that one we didn't do that one but remember we talked on the air like of course i remember <laughs> of course i do why are you asking? What are you laughing at? That's right. I, I edit the what show a and then I listen again. So I'm better. I'm more easily familiar. amused. <laughs> yeah, we did. That it's kind of politically you wouldn't. Well, yes, it is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, those 50s. Yeah. Shows. Uh, yes, I was listening um, the other day, just coincidentally, and I don't know why I was. Other, maybe I was feeling a little nostalgic for for my parents who are no longer with us, and days growing up. I listened to the entire soundtrack to uh, My Fair Lady. Mm. And uh, there's a lot of stuff in there that wouldn't really fly anymore, you know. It About was the pretty... role of a woman? Or... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. I mean, uh, Professor Henry Higgins was pretty rough on the the female gender in that that whole thing. Yeah, wasn't he? It was yeah. kind of hard to I'll, listen to. I'll have to listen again. And but getting back to Oklahoma, yeah, you've got the uh, I'm just a girl that can't say no. Yeah, and the farmer should, and the cowboy should be friends. I think that no longer flies, right? Because you don't want farmers and cowboys to be fr- too friendly. <laughs> but in the spirit of it being a shorter version, they could just sing, oh, the farmer and the cowboy should be. <laughs> yeah, the farmers and the cowboy should be. They should be. <laughs> yes, they should be. So why don't y'all shake hands now and just be? <laughs> <laughs> and oh, what a beautiful morning is an insult to afternoon. People that love <laughs> afternoons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, your lights just got brighter. Yeah. 
What happened? Oh, this one's on a timer for the plants in here. Oh. Are you liking the plants here? It's like a jungle. <laughs> it went on. It's like jungle terrain in here. I've added more plants to the basement for oxygen. So if we start getting a little slap happy, it's because <laughs> like right it's, now. it's all because of the oxygen. Anyway. Yeah, well, anyway. That's what's should going we, on. Should we jump in or? Yeah. <laughs> you have more things to make me laugh. And so, shall we go on? We, what have we got? We should. But, Jeff, you know that song at the beginning of the show. Long, oh, yeah. Long May. Long May You run, run. And you wrote that? I wrote the lyrics, but the original song was by Neil Young. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't you come up with your own song? I was Melody? thinking about it. I was thinking about it, but <laughs> I, I, did, I did not do that. Are you familiar with the song? Yes, of course. Oh, I okay. Am. I really enjoyed it, and it's a song dedicated to us. Yes, Long May We Run. No one else will dedicate a song to us. No. <laughs> we have to do it ourselves. That's right. And we'll see how many more episodes we got in us. Yeah. But Jeff wrote the lyrics, and you played the instruments. I played all the instruments. All of them. Was it all of them? Well, it was the guitar, which I recorded twice. I overdubbed, and then the harmonica. And so we ask your forgiveness, listeners. Yeah, really. Just be glad that. I didn't play the didgeridoo. Yeah, he wanted to redo it a bunch of times, and I said, no, it's done. There are listeners for what appreciate it. Yeah. it. You can always fast forward through it. <laughs> it. It gets to be, you know, I listened back to it, and I thought, yeah, it's, it's really a bit of a downer. <laughs> for being like <laughs> long may we run but yeah it sounds like we're gonna run out of steam yeah it's not that long but it's plays like a dirge i don't know what happened uh the live version that neil young does neil young unplugged is great it's about four and a half minutes and it's great but he does have nicolette larson and another lady young lady uh singing backup which adds a lot that's what i'm gonna get that's the problem get i don't Megan have backup and, singers yeah Get okay. Robbie and Megan and yeah. to come. Yep. Too. The trio. So anyway, thanks, Jeff. Great song. Um, now what is it time for? I think it is time for the time, which is... watching Adam your son oh, yeah, playing it's, this. It's, a video. it's, it's oh, really yeah it's it's amazing the skill and at some at one point I keep thinking there's a third hand in there he's but, got two yeah mallets per hand I think it's or, really something quite adept at der wanderer right now he's in Florida playing ASL nope no okay that's too bad sunburned his eyes Oh, did it? Around his eyes. Oh. Forgot okay. to put lotion for spring break. Silly boy. Spring break? He should be playing ASL for spring break, like good ASLers do. I will be on a youth retreat for my spring break. Youth pastor Torres Achilles. Well, that sounds like Painful fun. Painful surgery. But yeah, at least I'll be going down to Florida on a big bus overnight. The big magic bus. All right, let's... You got a letter? I got a letter here somewhere. Oh, 
Alpenfestung. Guess what? It's coming up. And did they get a date selected? They did. They sent us a letter, uh, a newsletter a while ago. I mean, they just didn't send it to us. They sent it to everybody to kind of gather some feedback for when the event should actually be. But they have actually picked a date. And Alpenfestung, it will be in Switzerland this year with just four players. Wow. Yeah, they just usually have those, anyone that's willing to go there to Switzerland, I think I it is, or like Sweden, that. Switzerland, yeah. and play. And so it's a very small group. June 13th. They'd be glad to have someone through new. Through the 16th, yeah. Though, I'm sure. But you can't, don't get to have any say on the date now it's set. Well, I have one from Vlad C. Jeff. I wrote a uh, poem about Switzerland and when I was in high school. You did? Yeah. <clears throat> O Schweitzerland, O Schweitzerland, the land where all the Schweitzers stand. I never did get beyond that, but I do remember that. Yeah, I don't know why why that... It's funny, I can't remember what we did last show, but I can remember stuff I made up in high school. Yeah, that's, that's I understand. It's catchy, isn't it? Yeah, I do, I do understand. Um, Vlad C. wrote, now he's responding to the Corregidor, and he sent... Some a very lengthy first email. I'll, yes. I'll read some of that one. Okay. He says, "Thanks for the great interview with David Roth, and for continuing to mention mayhem in Manila, even though that tournament was held almost three years ago." Yeah, I think that's in our ad. Yes, for Bounding Fire or yeah. for Ritter Creek. Uh, still, so we alternate our old ad and our new ad and uh, live ads. Is there a name for when you just do a live ad? Like- um. The good old there probably XRT is, method before yeah. they got commercialized. The good news is there will be two ASL tournaments in Asia this year. The Chengdu China on April 2021 and in Singapore on July 27-29. I am a local of Manila in my whole life and an ASLer for around 10 years. Of course, I was very excited to learn about this product and finally have my hands on the Corregidor historical ASL. Before receiving the pack, I've never been to the island myself, even though the ferry is only 10 minutes by car from my residence, and the boat ride is only a short 1.5 hours. So I resolved to go as soon as the game arrived last month. I finally was able to visit the island and take a tour. I would just like to add to what David mentioned in the interview and include some pics. I also uh, posted pictures. these in the Advanced Squad Leader Facebook page if you want to search for it. So listeners, you can you can look there. According to the tour guide, the name of the island was derived from the Spanish word corregidor, which means correct, and if I remember the explanation, prisoners were brought to this island to work as part of the penal system and build a fort for the Spanish colonial masters. The Spaniards, even back then, knew that corregidor would make a good place to defend Manila Bay. Uh, and he goes on to say, here's a picture of where uh, MacArthur shamefully got his nickname Dugout Doug because he was holed up in Manila Tunnel, no, Malinta Tunnel, all the time and left the men to face the wrath of the Japanese as he was commanded by FDR to escape to Australia. Below is the dock where he took the PT boat out of the country. This place is called Lorca Dock. In fact, uh, it was an event of the day for me just the other day when he said, I shall return. Yeah. You were at an event? Where he said that? Uh, that no, on said? my school, I, I write up things that happen on this day in history. Oh, I see. I call them events of the day. Okay. It's this day in history. And the kids often say, did they say shall in the 40s? I thought that was old English. I say, well, that was MacArthur. Yeah. No one else was saying shall. I shall return. I would have. Did you play the recording of him saying it? No. Okay. 
Is there a recording? I, I got to think so. But it could be he wrote it down, I shall return. And he may have said it more like this, I shall return. He may, uh, And then it got to be popular. I think the news picked up on it and put it in a headline, I shall return, you know, just as a, a snippet. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of became the I shall return because he would repeat that in other speeches later mm, on okay i think how that that's well, how that came came up but i'm not uh, but then uh, Eisen, eisenhower was under news. macarthur in the philippines early in his career was he and uh i if i recall correctly and i hope i'm not repeating a rumor yeah uh, urban legend urban legend okay yeah uh, listeners will probably chime in but uh, that eisenhower had said yeah i studied dramatics under macarthur oh really <laughs> Yeah. So, if that is true, um, and then he goes on to show the batteries, the ravines, uh, according to the guide's explanation, the names of the U.S. soldiers who died or performed distinctive actions in the Philippine-American War are the names of all those dugouts we looked at on the map, remember? All oh, those yes, little points right. and things. Yeah, and the, um, yeah. the gun batteries are also yeah. right, named after yeah. People. He's got a picture of the mortar pit here, battery way, the powder room, supply rooms, and so on. And then he went ahead to say, if this isn't too much, a big close-up of the gun with the pack, Corregidor pack in his hand, holding it up in front. And uh, just basically, so then he asked us, would you like more? This is very long and lengthy. And we said, yes. We would love more. So thank you, Vlad. We won't read the rest of those on the air, but thank you for all this great information. Yeah, he sent us about four, four emails with lots of pictures and lots of information. It was yeah, very really great interesting. Stuff. Yeah. And he mentioned uh, early in his, his letter there that there's a tournament coming up in Cheng, Chengdao. Is that what it was? Yes. Chengdao, China, which I believe, we may have another letter on it somewhere coming up, but I believe that is the first ASL tournament to be held in mainland China. Oh, could be i think so probably yeah so that's a pretty big deal and um like to be kept advised uh, as to how that turns out i've got a letter here from ogami tringle who writes and says just wanted to thank you for your podcast i'm somewhat of a young buck in the asl verse coming in at 27 wow welcome that is young i found it difficult to get friends willing to play your podcast serves as a sort of spirit, making me feel like I'm playing when I can barely play. Thanks again. Glad to provide the service. Yeah, that's it really is, nice. That is the cool thing about podcasts. You know, where else are you going to get conversation about these bizarre things we get into? <laughs> yeah, it's true. That even is the a, role playing, all of it. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. You know, even some science ones, right? Podcasts? Yes. I mean, I don't have anybody that I can sit around and talk about science with. So those podcasts are great. I love those. Great for me. Yeah. Um, I have Louis Pedal. He says the chart referenced uh, here by Jeff is very helpful, and that was from episode 201, an ASL oddity, with a great opening comedy bit, if I do say so myself. Yeah, that was a good The one. chart was put together by our friend, old friend I.D. Jester. So I'm now going to put the chart up on this episode Ah, good. For yeah, for the listeners. Okay. Is there another one there from Louis? Well, I'd like to say, um, before you look up, this show is brought to you by great Patreon 
sponsors like Alexander P. Thank you, Alexander, for your wonderful patronage. There's another one by Louie I got, and he says also, yeah, this is a comment on episode two. After nearly 11 years, this great early episode recorded before Jeff and Dave knew we were listening. Oh, yeah, we were saying, like, I don't know if anyone's out there going to be listening to this. Deserves a comment. Turns out that the Puffing Billy Tournament, do you remember that one, Jeff? Puffing Billy Tournament you mentioned? Oh, yes. Yes, I do remember that. Is that what I was, of course I do? Of course I do, Dave. <laughs> Why, yes, I do. It was like for gamers of train games, like Rail Baron, 1835, yeah. etc. Must have been a huge hit. Its website has not been updated since 1998. Oh, yeah, but now that he's gotten fully into ASL, he says, I really enjoy and can relate a bit to Dave's forgotten rules list that I gave on that early, early episode. <laughs> oh, it's just fun to think of that, those first shows. It's been Do you a have long one? time, yeah. In fact, we've got our 11th anniversary coming up. Soon? Very soon. April something? Yeah, April. I'll have to look we it up. We should have started April Fool's Day. Yeah. Got an email for, here from Klaus, which I think came to us through Patreon. Is that possible? It is possible. Maybe I copied it or. Yeah. Gentlemen, I don't normally take the time to check my messages on Patreon. Yeah, I sent a few messages out. Just oh, a quick you did? Thanks okay. Thanks again for everybody. I oh, think, okay. Or... But he says. Uh, we I st- don't usually do that, yeah. I stumbled across your message. I want to thank you for the continuity with which you provide the podcast. It's one of the hobby podcast stables I use to, he says stables here, I use to tide me over on my daily commutes and currently my main link to the ASL community. Much appreciated. Best regards from Germany, Klaus. You are welcome, Klaus, again. Thank you, Klaus, thank for you writing. For, yeah, and letting us know that simple email just yeah. you know keeps us going when we do wonder if anybody's listening. It does a body good. And he says, P.S., sugar tanks. Eat your sugar tanks, Klaus. Yes. Although he's too late for that content. Yes, he is. Um, the, the email, I think he meant it in general. The, also, I'd like to say thanks to Patrick Keene for your very kind donation. Again, listeners, you can do a recurring. You can do a one-time donation. you got all kinds of options to help keep us going. Got an email here from Tom uh, Abramidas, maybe? Possibly a Greek name, maybe? Just guessing. Doesn't matter. Lithuanian? Dear uh, Jeff and Dave. I think Jeff and Dave rolls a little better. There, I've said it. (laughs) That's the one I was referring to. Yeah. After two years, uh, sorry, after years of two half-squad listenership, this is my first email. Rather embarrassing. But hey, Arnhem seems cool. Anyway, thanks for keeping the show going so long. Always gets me in the mood from ASL. Cheers from Wisconsin. Excellent. Thanks, Tom. Hope to meet you sometime. Thank you very local much. Local guy. Yeah, and good luck on the contest. And uh, I do have David Garver on this one. He says, he will. He says, I know with glee that you pumped up the Caslo Canadian ASL. We did tournament. He says, I shall be attending. Driving up from Virginia. Do people say shall? Did he say he said I shall be attending? Yeah. <laughs> He did. <laughs> Driving up from Virginia. And he wants us to announce Human Wave will be in Tyson's Corner from June 7th to June 9th. 
So oh, that's coming right register up. Register online. It's the Human Wave conscri- Conscripts. conscripts. Uh, Human Wave will be at Tyson's Corner this year. Is that a town? June. Tyson's Corner? I don't know. It oh. sounds like an ASL scenario. It does. Or that's Sparkman's Corner. Yeah. Oh. So I will definitely link that up, and I already tweeted it out. You're a good boy. I'm getting to be a much better tweeter. I've got one last letter here from Preston Yunkins. He said he's trying to enter the contest. Also, the button to download each episode from the website isn't always there for each episode. That's my fault. Uh, I'll try to be better about that. Oh, and you I can went train back, me to do that. I went back and I added it uh, to a couple of missing ones. Okay. But I, I, think, I, I think they're all there now. Uh, Preston goes on to say, finally, uh, David Roth mentioned they didn't put a bibliography in the um, Corrigidor, the rock. I would ask that you use your vast sway over the ASL world to encourage scenario designers to give us some of their background material. ASL sometimes gets into more unusual parts of World War II, and I'd like to do some follow-up. And Preston, that's a good idea. David, didn't David say that... He had a bibliography. He read it, I think, to us on the air. We talked about books. You, Jeff, particularly love asking. Uh huh. And yeah. he and he referred to it. I think he okay. said it wasn't in the game. Okay. Actually, I don't remember him reading it to us, so I'll have to go back and listen again. Uh, yeah, I th- and I think either way, he's asking all of us that uh, to pr- print all this stuff. Go ahead and put all the books you referenced in there, like this issue of LFT. They do that. Did a nice job of yeah. li- li- mentioning some books. Yeah. And I'd end by saying thanks also to Wayne S., a new patron, uh, Patreon, very generous of you. Thank you very much, Wayne. And Wayne, we just want to tell you, you may want to check that because that's a that gets charged you every month, twice a month. And it was very well, generous. For each episode. So in case, you might want to just check and make sure that's what you wanted to do because it's a very <laughs> or generous. Or was it a one, supposed to be a one-time? was it one-time? Because you'll get charged every time we publish an episode, which is usually twice a month. Like yeah, said, some so. people have been able and to some, be some that generous. Have, yeah. You know, to each to his own yeah. abilities. And it each keeps to his us own going. pocketbook. Keeps us going and keeps us buying more stuff that we can that then we give don't away. get donated from MMP. Yeah. It's never going to happen. Yeah. When pigs fly. Dave, when you need to. Scratch your ASL itch. Uh-huh. Where do you Where do you go? I have to go somewhere where there's fast service. Yes. Somewhere where the store clerks are very nice. Nice clerks. Yep. Somewhere where I'm going to get good ASL bang for my buck. Yep. And selection. And free shipping. X. So here's where I go. Where do you go, I'll, Jeff? I'll let you in on a little secret. Don't tell anybody. Ritter Creek. What is that again? Ritter Creek. Ritter Creek. Rittercreek.com. They've got selection. They've got fast shipping. They've got, what was the other thing you asked for? Friendly clerks. Friendly clerks. I'm talking friendly. <laughs> They're great at Ritter Creek. they got all kinds of stuff. It's a great website to go and peruse around and ASL stuff galore. And free shipping now. Free shipping. Who which can is, possibly yeah. beat that? Now, we want you to go to your local neighborhood gaming store and support them any way you can. If you got one anymore. But if there's ASL to be had, go to Ritter Creek. 
RudyCrieg.com. Yeah. What have you been playing lately? What have you been playing lately? And you know what it's time for, Dave? It's time for what you've been playing lately. Yes, it is. So and, tell us. And I know well, after Gary Con, Jeff, we came back to your house and we played, what was that neat we, little we game? We played a fun little game called Tiny Epic Defenders, which was, uh, I picked it up at Gen Con last year when we were there. I was just aching to buy something. I had money burning a hole in my pocket. And you hadn't heard about it beforehand? No, I hadn't. Oh. No, and I walked past a booth and there's like 5,000 booths there of people selling games. Uh-huh. And it was small and it was $30 and it was cooperative. I like cooperative games. I, I It just, I think it's because otherwise I lose all the time. <laughs> I can't lose. That's why I like Dungeons and Dragons, because there's no winners or losers. And the cooperative games were working together. So a very fun little game, a little fantasy game. Uh, you put some cards out and move your characters around, and you have to defend the, the home city from some terrible disasters that uh, that a big baddie is sending against you. So we it took us about 40 minutes to play that, I think. Yeah, something I, like that. and I really enjoyed it. I was thinking of yeah. buying it takes a little strategy and there are lots of expansions which is well i don't know about lots but there are several expansions and uh goes quickly two guys like i say two guys easy to set up two guys can play it in half an hour 40 minutes something like that and it can have four players i think yes you you can you can we've got the expansion and dave and i just played it through the one time so kind of learning how to play it i think we finally figured out all the rules by the time we were done yeah it's Um, a small rule book compared to Compared to ASL, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, if you've got a little extra time and want something kind of fun, I recommend Tiny Epic Defenders and one of the expansions, which we'll be playing next time. The other thing I played recently, I went over to a friend's house who has a teenage boy and a foreign exchange student from Spain living in his house. And they have never played games other than really old games like Monopoly and Archie stuff easy. like that. Yeah, stuff like that. So I grabbed my copy of Pandemic, which I've never played before, which is also a cooperative game, and I went over there. I learned how to play it, watched a YouTube video, went over there and played it. The four of us played it, and we had a great time. Great time. Figuring out the rules and trying to keep a terrible plague from destroying humanity. And we lost, so humanity died. <laughs> Sorry, humanity. Yeah, sorry, humanity. It was it's a big break. So that that's interesting. It's always interesting going to my friend Jeff's house because he lives in a very big, very large house, and he's lived there for his entire life. Inherited it from his mom, and when she died, he just took it over. And he's got rooms in the house that he hasn't touched for fifty years. It's really something. It's like be. It's like stepping into a time tunnel and going back to his high school when my high school era because we went to high school together and he's just a really interesting guy and he got it in his head that he wanted a pig so he bought a pig so like not a pot belly pig but it's a pig a real pig a real pig it weighs about 180 pounds right now wow keeps growing so he's got this huge pig walking around his mansion named uh, the pig is named bubba you'll see bubba sometime we'll go over there i'll have to Anyway, had a good time. I just finished Animal Farm. 
Oh, did you? I did. For school or uh, just for fun? Uh, fun for school. Kids are reading it. Oh, All okay. It goes along with our unit on uh, Stalin and everything. Yeah. And uh, ties in nice. And uh, yeah, after reading that, I would be leery of having a pig go around <laughs> the house. Yeah. Because they they're all take communists. It over and chase me out. When was the last time you read Animal Farm? Had to be a decade ago. Okay. Plus, I never did it in high school. Mm. Is it worth reading? Because yeah. I, I, it's oh, yeah. on my list. It's quick. It's, it's real quick. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely worth re- worth reading. Even makes me think of America today in some ways. And yeah. I'm not referring to the socialist part of it, if you know what I mean. Uh, you'll know when you read it. I remember they, the last line. Control your thinking. And, yeah. You know, How's your ma- Deceive I, you. Leadership deceiving you all the time. I read it in sixth grade. Okay. In social studies. And I still remember it really well, very vividly. The When the pigs were changing the slogan, one of the slogans <laughs> or something, they got yeah, caught as, in the middle it, of the night or something. Uh-huh, as, as it fits them. Yeah. As they want to. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Anyway, what have you been playing lately? Uh, well, I've been playing absolute mock. Well, as far as other games, I did this, that betrayal on Hill House or something like that. Oh, it's right, it's right, right. cooperative, too, and there's a, 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 a villainy monster in the house. But I'll talk about that next show. Okay. Um, this absolute makavaharvi. So, oh. This is from the Swedish pack with the white counters. I was going to guess that that was Hindu, Indian of some it kind. It does look that way, doesn't yeah. it? But it's Swedish. Yeah. Martin Svard made the scenario. Thank it's you, from that Swedish pack. It has a white counter of Swedes. Oh, yes. Right. The Swedes had fought in various places, Norway and in Finland. And since Dave and I finished the Finnish scenarios, except for the shortest one in there, which we're thinking could be a passel night, but again, I haven't had a passel in a long time, um, we would play these. And so some of them combined with the Finns, Finns and Swedes on one side. This one was just the Swedes. And it was on... Three boards with a couple overlays. It's only six turns. And the Swedes started out with five squads and a big 81 mortar and a heavy machine gun. And then two more squads, a leader, and two wire counters, which I forgot to even put out my wire. Oh, did entirely. you? <laughs> oh, my God. Dave? Yeah, the game ended, and we're looking at this card, and Dave goes, where was your wire? And I was like... Oh, yeah, I forgot to put that out there. It could have been helpful. So the one small group is ahead, and then you get these two squads and a leader come on second turn from the back, and you can move them to reinforce left side or right side where they enter, which is really handy. And then 12 Russian squads with two lights and a radio coming on with this 70 millimeter or something. You know what was was playing on the radio? (laughs) No, don't play that song. Don't Rick roll me. Oh, yeah, that one you can play. Because it was the Swedes. Is that a Swedish band? This is a band called Blue Swede. Blue Swede. No, Swede. No. Really? That's how they pronounced it when I was growing up. Oh, I used to really like this. Me in your arms so tight, you let me know everything's all right. 
hooked on a feeling. Da, da, da. I'm high on believing. Da, da, we gotta da, get uh, Dennis Donovan to do a oh, we write us some yeah. lyrics for this. Uga Chaga. And so a lot of Russians. And so on they come, trying to cross this open ground area. It's deep snow. They're slowed a little bit. Defenders firing. Uh, they had to get into the woods area. The f- Swedes are defending the whole woods line. And what kind of went down? Well, I took some notes. OBA pinned a unit of mine. Why would that be a big deal? I rolled bad a lot real early, and it was looking very bad. We both broke a lot of weapons. Did you Did you then break out the white and yellow dice when you were rolling bad? <laughs> Actually, I... I have had them out lately. No, no. I stuck with these dice. Oh, you it's did? It's the one with the Swede marker from from oh, Battleground. Yeah, from Battleground. Right. Canada. Right, right. Yeah. So I stuck with it, and then they turned hot right at the end. Oh, did they? Oh, good. yeah. Good, yeah. good. Um, <laughs> the Ruskies had extreme winter problems for their weapons, so those are going to break more often. Oh, in extreme interesting. Winter. Now, there's a rule you don't get very often. Yep, we, we, correct. They could do it a lot more. Yeah. We had the winter camo for the Swedes, and it was kind of worthless at the ranges that we were looking at. Mm. Um, I got a squad held of, held of, with two, a squad of something, with two KIAs and a KIA. Oh, yeah, that's when I, the dice got really hot. I rolled like a two, a three, a three. And I think he was coming to surround a, one squad in the woods. You know, when I did those rolls. Yeah. And it was just, that basically, you know, he had to practically give up after that. Uh, the reinforcements can hit wherever you need them because they can come on left side, right side, as I as I mentioned. Uh, my 9-neg-2, did I have a 9-neg-2? I did. Came on with the reinforcements. Stopped a berserk uh, squad with a K-2. And on the two check, the half squad kept coming, and then he rolled boxcars, and that took out the other half squad, the 9-neg-2. So he had to have a squad with him firing, of course. Yeah. But right there or that other hot rolls, he would have gotten into the woods, and it could have turned the whole game Yeah, right there. And there, the OBA, before the second OBA, oh, yeah, the 9-neg-2 stopped that berserker guy um, right before the second OBA would have landed right on him and probably taken him out. So had the enemy not gone berserk and come up real quick and got eliminated, I mean, we imagine my stack would have been gone and he would have been able to easily get into the woods too. Mm. So it was really exciting. liked it a lot. It's all infantry, nice and simple. My big mortar didn't do much. Did I have it in the wrong place? Yeah, I think he just didn't come in that area. And anyway, so there you go. Absolute Marcarjarvi. That's very well said. Thanks. Hey, Dave, this was a great idea to get out of the house for a change and come to this cool nightclub. This is really amazing, Jeffrey, except I am blinded by the disco ball. Well, as soon as your eyes get back and adjust to the light... Look at those girls over there. Oh, I can see them now. Look at them, Jeffrey. Maybe they would go out with us. Do you think they would? They would never go out with us. What do we have to offer them? 
Maybe we could offer them some Bounding Fire Productions products. Oh, why, of course, Bounding Fire produces only the best thoroughly play-tested, action-packed scenarios mm-hmm. and campaigns. Mm-hmm. They're committed to customer service. That's right. How could anybody possibly resist something from Bounding Fire Productions? They could not. We could give them our lines, you know, our pickup lines, like, um, Hey, girls, you want to go into the rubble? Oh, that's a good one, Dave. Or how about if I said, Hey, ladies, let's go to the high ground. Oh, that would work every time. We can put the Operation Cobra into work here now to help us achieve our objective Schmidt with these oh. lovely ladies. <laughs> That's so good. That's really good, Dave. Good thinking. Maybe they would want to see our crucible of steel. Oh, especially mine. I think so. And by the end of the night, Poland would be in flames. Oh, it's going to be a hot one tonight, Jeffrey. Let's go over there and talk so to them. so excited. Uh, come on. Go ahead. Me. You, you, okay, go ahead. Hey, ladies. Uh, do you want to go maybe not just to the beach, but beyond the beachhead? Ow! And now, guess what time it is? Time for what's in the, the box. box. What's in the box? One of my favorite segments because we get to open the box and see what's in there. <laughs> What's in the box, Dave? LFT, La Franc <laughs> Number 14. How can it be 14 already? I don't have all of them, I guess. Yeah. I think I started collecting at 10 or 8 or 9. I don't know. Yeah, I, I've, I think I've got four. Four or five of these. So, yes, yeah. LFT, which, and they kind of indicate that they haven't published one for a while. I guess I didn't really realize that. Maybe time goes it goes fast, really fast when you get to be our advanced years. But uh, also with all the stuff that's coming out, just time flies. So it's been a little while, but here they go. They uh, they got together and churned one out. And as usual, it's a very nice product. This is if you're not familiar with the LFT product, it's full color, full size. Actually, it's a little bit larger size. It's European standard size mm-hmm. for a nice. magazine. Very high quality paper and uh, great articles translated from the original language that they were written in. So if you're an American uh, or an English speaker and you read some of this and you think, gee, that's kind of funny how they phrase that. It's because these are translated and they do a very good job and you won't have trouble understanding what they're saying. It might just be different phrasing than what you'd be used to, but a very good quality product. So, and we got... Two of these actually, we were we got one um, donated to us from our friend Derek Ritter at Ritterkrieg.com. Indeed, very much thanking you, Derek, for that. And because we have two, we're probably going to be giving one away in an upcoming contest. So if you're jonesing for one of these, stay tuned for a couple months from now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Uh, this article uh, in the big... Well, I see an ad here for this advancing fire. The editor's forward. He talks about just having these Italian counters in here and, and all the, some of the articles. But advancing fire. This is Sebi Caltabiano Cal, uh, saying this is a new team born in Italy. It deals with development of scenario packs for advanced squad leader. 
This publication is going to be aimed at trying to broaden the gaming experience and improve the model of military historical simulation without leaving the body of ASL rules or some of the best optional rules that have arisen in the ASL community. All this backed up by rigorous historical research. So... They don't say exactly when that's coming. It's just, it's a new product line coming in the near future, I guess. Yeah, there's this Brevity Assault, which is in the first stage of playtest, and then Biazza Ridge, still in design. They, uh, they was hoping first quarter of 2019, but I don't know. I think uh, we're there. Send, well, send us a copy the, of this the the so we can review it on the air. Yeah. And then there's an interview with uh, 10 questions to Enrico Catanzaro. Which I didn't highlight anything in particular. The Chingdu, yeah, there's the ad for it, Jeff. Oh, okay. ASL tournament. Yes, in China. April 2019, April 20th to 21st, coming up soon. And the Malay Malaya Madmen, Singapore, July twenty sixth to twenty eighth. And you can go to MalayaMadmen.wordpress.com to get some information on that one. Email Richard at four one three, sorry Richard four one three at one six three dot com for the Chingdo ASL tournament. Uh, did you read the comic at all, Jeff? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't wondered if that would have attracted your your eye. But you actually get a large comic about ASL guys traveling to the tournament. I wonder if they're supposed to be actual players from from uh, France or Europe. I don't know. Yeah, the uh, it kind of reminded me of the Knights of the Dinner Table comic from. Um Jolly yeah. Productions, whatever it is. Uh, um, but anyway, yeah, I'll have to read that. I didn't and get through that. The LFT always has the wonderful art by uh, Batiste. Uh, counter art is Benjamin Drew. Of course, Xavier Vitri. This review of the ASL Ring 2018 ASL Tournament. It was held in May. It was the 28th edition of the ASL Ring Tournament. And uh, they had number of players smaller this year, 12, and four rounds being played. And he runs down all the scenarios and has some great photographs of the players and the awards and prizes being won. They had for Club ASL in Paris. They play at that crazy, what is that place, the military base? It was originally built by Louis the Fifteenth. Yeah, we play at the Holiday Inn for our tournaments. <laughs> Which is very nice, too, but it wasn't built by Louis the Fifteenth, I don't think. And then I did an article on Bulgarian armor, 1944. Oh, did you read that article? Uh-huh, against the former partners. Did you read it? No, you were going no, to I didn't read Paris this or something? Yeah. Uh, this is by Steve Swan. Now, there's a name we need to interview, Jeff. It goes way back, Steve Swan. Always did these. I, think, I believe they were the historical kind of look at the army and how it kind of fits into ASL. And so, it's talking about Bulgaria joining the German Axis in '41, and they didn't. I, I, I learned from this. I didn't really remember studying about Bulgaria too much 
decades ago. I remember reading some real early World War histories, and uh, they saying they were used a lot for troops to be used in border positions between Greece and Bulgaria, and some holding actions in places. Um, but you get the whole rundown of their work, combat history versus then the Germans, because they then switch sides by the end of 44. First Armored Brigade organization is listed here, and he does list a lot of the references and sources used. So thank you, Steve Swan. And then there's an article, the, how do you pronounce it, Jeff? I think it's Memento Outer Semper, which... Christmas. Yes. It's all about Christmas. No, <laughs> Ex, it's not Christmas. Xmas. But uh, I did read this article, and I was trying to, with my vast understanding of various languages, I'm like a, the Tolkien of ASL. <laughs> um, I tried to figure out what this meant without looking it up, and I, I failed a little bit. But Memento Outer Semper... Means uh, Semper Fi Marines. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, Semper Fi. I thought that Semper Fi means always faithful. Memento, so, remember. So remember, always. And I thought it was brave, but uh, outer, it comes from the Latin word audex, which means dare. That's where the word audacious comes from and audacity. Oh. So remember to always dare is what this group is called. Nice. It was the Flotigilia Mas, M-A-S. Now, our good friend, Alan Hume, is the author. Oh, it, Alan wrote this one. See that name up in the upper oh, right Oh, yes, I corner. see that, yes. Alan wrote this one. Yeah. I think he mentioned to us he was doing some work with That's right. LFT. And so... So this was a group that was uh, formed sort of uh, after uh, the Italian armistice in 1943, where Italy sort of surrendered to the Allies, um, at least part of the Italian army decided to stick with the fight against the Allies. And so they formed this small group. At first it was about 300, but eventually they picked up volunteers, and by April of 1945 they had 15,000 members in this group. It was mostly... I guess, a naval unit of commandos. They had mini-subs and stuff like that. They participated in a lot of anti-partisan uh, actions and also participated at Anzio and, and other big battles. Monte Cassino, they battled against the Black Devils. I'm pretty sure that was mentioned in here, the Black Devils. That's the, the Canadian-American uh, group. The first special service force was the Black Devils. So this goes through their whole history, all the fighting that they did right up to the end of the war. Very interesting. One thing it mentioned in here, the article that just kind of caught my eye, was that Rome was an open city. I don't know why I didn't know this. It was what was called an open city where the Allies agreed not to bomb Rome as long as German Germany kept their forces out of Rome. I think if I read that correctly. So mm-hmm. with all this action going on around restaurants, Movie theaters, everything was still open in Rome. It was like they almost didn't even participate in the war. I, I always wondered so fascinating. How, how did they not destroy? Like the Germans tended to blow up all your cool stuff when they were leaving. Yeah, the Colosseum and everything. Yeah, 
and it all still stands. So yeah, good thing. Yeah, wow, good thing. Yeah, yeah. And you notice the artwork here. The the little German guy or is that Italian guy is talking on the radio handset, page twenty, and the words are scrunch slurp as he's oh, yeah. listening. And then I noticed the 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 chord goes all the way across that page. The next two pages about oh yes the I Xmas see that. yes and the next two pages to the end of the article which has some great propaganda posters Alan that you found to put into the article yeah good job the ex flotiglia mass decima decima is that uh, ten decade uh, yes and his um. The cord eventually leads to a person eating their other end of the handset in spaghetti, accidentally. Kind of funny. Mad Magazine-ish. Yes, it, it is kind of. All yeah. The way across yeah. There. I like that. There's an ad from Algora Jou, French retailer for all your ASL needs, and then an article on the Italian Allied Armed Forces, 1944 to 45 by Philip Nod, Philippe. Sorry, Philippe. Nod, yeah, which again, of... I'm learning a lot in every one of these articles. Yes. How um, the Italians, I, I guess, really, they weren't prepared. I forget if it was this article or a different one. But about forming the combat groups, they really were not prepared. Mussolini, there was a quote in here somewhere, and he said something like, Well, if thousands die, at least I get a place at the table at the end of the war. Like, you know, to be a powerful person. Yeah. So, something like that. But it lays out how the combat units could be used, the Division d'Infanterie, the Bataglione Fusilieri, um, and so on. And that's quite a lengthy, lengthy article ending in the Manian Spaghetti. And then uh, Torsten Cumberland has given us the Fulgari Parachute Division. Did you have a chance to read that, Jeff? I did not get to I did not one. read that one. Yeah, I did not have a chance to get to it yet. Um, so I'll be learning about the Italian paratroopers and being used certainly in North Africa. I don't know where else they would have been used, but I'm going to learn about it. There's a little article on the Halma Halfa battle, Operation Braganza, all broken down in color-coded sections. So you get all your gaming uh, research done. I guess is all part of the historical issue. And now for the good part, the full glory in ASL, the full glory, is that how I pronounce it, troops? By virtue of their training and equipment motivation, had tactics somewhat different than traditional Italian units in ASL, page 53. And we get introduced to these new counters. Combat engineers can be represented by 548s, 537s, and a 448s for a regular full glory squad. With a smoke exponent of one, ELR of four. And these counters are all given out in this packet. Now, he doesn't get into a lot there about the issue, the long standing Italian issue. How much time do we have, Jeff? Uh, let's see. And let's, let's say that again. This issue comes with a whole set, a whole of sheet of counters. Two sheets. Two sheets of counters. And airplanes from all the other nationalities, yeah. I believe. So. Yeah. We should look at those next time. This is definitely something you want to be buying. Yeah. For all the great history, all the great counters, all the great scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. Should we pick up with this on the next episode? Uh, we got a couple minutes. Yeah, we do. 
Five, ten, fifteen? Yeah. yeah, we could do five minutes. Yep. <clears throat> well, there's an article on Birds of Prey talking about air support by Laurent Closier and Laurent Forrest. And I think we'll have to stay. I could spend some time on that. Um, I would like to jump up ahead. Okay. To finish this episode. Skipping that rule section. Italians in ASL, then and now. Page 72. Okay, ASL's depiction of the Italian army, this is by Andrea Pagni, 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 has been controversial. I think it's safe to say most players think the Italian army's performance in World War II really stunk. ASL's translated that view accurately into the game system. I don't presume to change long-rooted opinions, but we'll supply some facts to go along with the Italian narrative. And he is... You know, admitting there's a good level of unpreparedness which characterized the Italian war or army at the beginning of the war and woefully unprepared. But in the next page talks about pa- Paolo Carrilato's point of view. Now, he's mentioning the rule, A25.6, partially true to some units but doesn't make justice to an army of millions of men that fought for years on all fronts. The antiquated armaments are already factored into Chapter H, the inexperienced NCO, except for the Alpini, is it Alpini or Alpini regiments, and the Bersaglieri, which were their tougher units, are factored into the 5 to 1 squad leader ratio, but incompetent grand strategy and poor motorization army shouldn't be factored into a game of tactical scope. Unfortunately, Rule A 25.6 fit perfectly to the American prejudice view on Italian army. So it's it's struck, I think he means stuck, and it won't be changed because players got used to it. What is rule A25.6? A25.6 states that Italian ordnance uses red to hit numbers. That's all it is. That's all that is? Yeah. Um, Watch your microphone there. Yes, thank you. Uh, well, he's saying it's already factored into the weaponry. And he doesn't think that should be used. He goes on, on to say... Uh, Is he mean the black numbers? They should be using black numbers? I think that's his saying. Oh, okay. A25.6 is partially true, but he doesn't think it should be used all the time. Yeah. With some tweaking, you can use Italian multi-man counters to depict historical defensive actions with massive and invasive SSRs. You can use them for offensive actions. That means using elite units where the first line would have been more appropriate. And So he's saying to make to make it the Italians better, which they deserve, you would have to have massive special rules. There's no way to depict Italian artillerymen that were usually overrun and killed manning their gun, not running away, let alone those tank crews which not only entered entered an L3, but ride them against enemy tanks. He's talking about some bravery that he's found in the Italian army. Take note, I'm not talking about eight morale here. Very few of the Italian units deserve a lead status, but I'm talking of streamlining Italian infantry and maintaining the same number of squad types that there are now, 448, 447, 346, and profoundly modifying the rules on 25.6, a plus one heat of battle modifier rules on capture, they're easier to capture, and a plus one patsy and a, on deployment. He says those are unfair rules. They may apply, and he admits, early and maybe later mm-hmm. in the war. Yeah. But not for a lot of the units, and that that should be modified. 
Then, remember, that page appears in the middle of Andrea Pagni's article. That was Paolo Carlato's. And, and Andrea, Andrea, sorry, continues by pointing this out. Uh, the Italians in ASL. The heat of battle dyro modifier. Imagine your stack of a 10 neg 2 leader and three first line squads. You roll a two on the morale check. Normally your eyes bristle with anticipation of something good, but the Italian, along with the Axis Minor, always have to be a victim of a panic attack. What disgrace will befall me now because of the pluses on the heat of battle table? Mm. That makes he thinks is unfair. Uh, squad units with the firepower of three. Now this could apply to all of them, even partisans. The firepower of three. He says you got to use the two, the IFT. Right. Because this is just stinks. That's <laughs> basically what he's saying. You know, uh, I believe this is dreaded legacy of the first squad leader game at Cross of Iron, where the 347 was used to represent Romanian squads. In the scenario, capture of Balta. I think that they wanted to represent them as less good than the standard German squad and deemed a simple reduction to the range of, to four is not enough. So they made it a three, and as the IFT of SL was essentially carried over to ASL, they they stunk, they suck now, and they suck then. Mm. The three, it is a problem, right? You can't get the good number by adding them up. Right, you get to six, and you get to nine. Um, low fire pup coupled with a puny range makes it nearly impossible to harm enemy units in some buildings. I do remember playing the Italians trying to mass, you know, four of them to get a twelve shot. Yeah, you know, right. Uh, and then he says this. This one firepower half squad is one of the weakest units in ASL. Besides the shooting part, it can go in close combat against a leader. It's a one firepower half squad. Some of the lowest Italian squads. So that's five to seven soldiers at a one-to-one against an enemy leader. Really, is that what we want? Even better, the crew of a carrier can take them on at two-to-one. Now, to me, it really looks as if a past bad decision resonates today with weird side effects. I think he makes a good point there. Those above design, three design decisions that affect the Italian and so on. So, yeah, he's making a very good case, I yep. felt, yep. and says, you know what? You just got to come up with some rules. Like when you close combat one leader against a half squad, it's not going to have a factor of one anymore or redo them. And I, we'll, we'll get to those other counters then later. But he brings up a lot of good points. Yeah, long and short of it, the Italians have been unfairly treated in ASL really since the beginning. And yes. just, just like you said, based upon some early war experiences. Yeah, or early game decisions or, of squad yes, leader. Right. Um, and, he, and then there's a little article by Luca Tyson Martini. Luca Martini, mm. that talks about uh, in the Desert War, he reckons the Italian army is well represented by a 347. Use the 2 IFT. Um, a 346 would be ungenerous and not accurate. You shouldn't use it. And he talks about in Greece and Albania, what kind of counter to use. He feels that the um, Italians on, at Stalingrad that were holding one of the flanks fought really incredibly well. And he says you can look at all the, I think it was this article or the other, go look at all of the after-action reports from that pack you and I were playing, Roads to Rome, or uh, yeah. 
we were playing a lot of Italian scenarios together. Mm-hmm. And they tell you how they did not surrender all the time. They were doing a fighting withdrawal, and that surrender heat of battle is horrible for those, and it's so on. So, again, the main idea, early war, they were probably cruddy. Mid-war, they should be better than what ASL uses for them. Several of these authors, of course, say that. Yep. So as a result of this, and with, well, we'll look at the scenario next, next time, time. And the counters, too, next time. People might be yeah. more encouraged to article. play some Italian. Let's hope so. Yeah, as they rightly deserve. So, so we'll wrap this one up. Yeah, that'll wrap it up for this episode. We'll see you all next time for another exciting journey into the world of ASL. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Remember to roll low. And rally well, but, but not, not when, when you're, you're playing, playing us. Bye-bye. Oh, and clink and drink, too. Clink and drink. All I have is a plastic water bottle. You can't clink a plastic water bottle. Are you daft, man?